Welcome to Words of the Prophets podcast. My name is Todd. I'm here with my daughter, Aaliyah, and my friend, Rivka. And this is a podcast all about the latest general conference talks from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and how to apply them to our lives. Hey, Aaliyah, how have you been? I've been doing well. How about you? I've been doing great. Thank you. So tell me what you've been listening to lately. Um, recently, I've been obsessed with the Wonder Woman 1984 soundtrack. Oh. Uh, it's very, very good. Like 60% of it is in 7-8, which I love. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I've been listening to that as I study a lot recently. Awesome. I know you love those funky time signatures. Um, does it have a lot of synth since it's 1984? Um, not really, actually. Hmm. There's okay. like a little bit but mostly just orchestral stuff. Okay, awesome. I'm going to check that one out for sure. And uh, Rivka, how have you been? Hi, I've been doing great. How have you been? I've been great, thank you. Um, what have you been up to? Have you been reading anything good lately? Always reading something, always reading something. Um, today, I earlier today, I was reading a book called Gandhi, Fighter Without a Sword, because I'm mentoring a class in our homeschool group for the 14 and 15 year old kids it's a leadership class and so we've been studying different leaders throughout history in the world and discussing different leadership traits they have or styles so cool. this this week for the next couple of weeks we're studying and talking about gandhi awesome yeah that seems like uh something i should uh should do to learn from it he's a leader that i know only a little bit about basically what I learned in high school history, you know, and right. um, so yeah. seems like a worthy of a more extensive study. So yeah, he's a very interesting person to read about. Awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, this week I wanted to give a shout out to somebody and his name is Sam. He's a minor, so I'm not going to say his last name. He taught us how to podcast. Now, of course, um, I don't want any <laughs> bad parts of our podcast that are not uh, <laughs> technically up to snuff. To reflect poorly on him, but um, <clears throat> when I was trying to figure out how to set this up, I was trying to think about who I knew who might be able to have some expertise in this area. And this young man is 13 years old. He's in our ward. He knows who he is. And uh, he has not one, but two podcasts um, that he does. And I said, hey, why don't you give me some instructions? So thank you, Sam, for teaching us how to podcast. And I didn't shout him out in the first few episodes because I wanted to make sure that this wasn't the podcast equivalent of the Hindenburg before I did that. And uh, we haven't seemed to crash and burn yet. So um, I wanted to give him a shout out. So, well, our talk for today is God will do something unimaginable by Elder Dieter F. Uchtdorf of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. Um, and as we get started here, Aaliyah, any general impressions as you read through this? Yeah, so... Um, I remember the first time I was listening to this talk, I remember where I was and when he said things might get worse before they get better, that moment is like seared into my memory. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. <laughs> um, but I think reading the talk, that's, that not, that's not necessarily like a bad thing. Like I think a lot of the point of this talk is that um, like it provides hope for us moving forward and that even if things are getting worse, we can still uh, have hope and trust in the Lord. Okay. So you, the thing that stuck out most to you was things are going to get worse, but at the same time, your overall impression was one of hope. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. 
Okay. Well, hopefully as we dig into uh, more details, we can figure out how you can have those two simultaneous thoughts. So, um, and Rivka, any overall impressions that came to you as you read through this? Um, yeah, when, Aliyah, I think my initial reaction was similar to yours. Although honestly, I think this talk flew under the radar a little for me uh, the first time I listened to it, but reading through it, rereading it, studying it, and really getting into it, my impressions of it have have become that it is maybe one of the most powerful tools and instruments we've been given on how to move forward and be better during times of crisis, which we're in right now, which we will continue to be in as the years go on. So I am grateful for this talk and the chance to study it deeply. Yeah, that's awesome. I I felt that same sort of impression. Essentially, this is a, a pandemic talk. It refers to the pandemic a lot, um, but it also is a talk that basically applies throughout all of church history, world history. There's always something going on, right? And um, I remember um, hearing somebody say, in times like these, it's good to remember that there are always times like these. And so this, I think this talk, even though it's sort of springs from the pandemic will be evergreen as we come back to it in the future. So um, I also remember thinking, oh, I want the Lord to do something unimaginable in my life. And I thought, oh, I wonder what that is. But of course, by definition, if it's unimaginable, I cannot imagine it. So <laughs> there's no use going down that road. Um, so Aaliyah, can you share with us one or two of the quotes that really stuck out to you as you read through it? Um, yeah, so near the beginning, he says, uh, we will do more than simply grit our teeth, hold on and wait for things to return to the old normal. We will move forward and we will, we will be better as a result. I like this because I think a lot of people are um, kind of wishing that things would go back to the way they were. But this provides, I think, a better um, perspective of looking forward rather than looking back, because it things probably aren't going to be the way they were. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. And we can do more than just hold on and wait. We can move forward and we can be better and we can improve. And, oh, uh, things that are coming are going to be better than things that we've already had. So like near the end, it says our best days are ahead of us, not behind us. So, yeah. Okay. Um, that is awesome. And where he says we will endure this, it reminded me of endure to the end and when I was a teenager, I used to think endure to the end was just sort of suffering until you die, which, you know, <laughs> sounds pretty terrible. And I realize now there's so much more to it. And part of that is looking forward with hope. So, and Rivka, um, what stood out to you here? Are there any quotes you wanted to share with us from it? He opens this talk with a story about the foundation of the Salt Lake Temple, having to cover it and the damage that happened because the sandstone was not really suitable for a foundation. And then of course we know they ended up reworking the foundation out of granite. And later in the talk, he says, in the past we might have been so tied to traditional approaches that it took a pandemic to open our eyes. Perhaps we were still building with sandstone when granite was already available. I love that thought. <laughs> um, I've, seen, I've seen that that has been the case 
in the way thing I was doing things at home as a wife and a mother and a homemaker. I have seen that that was the case in in ways I was doing things in church callings and the service I was doing. And so one of the things I've been most grateful for because of this pandemic crisis is the chance to uh, break from tradition, largely because that's been stripped away from us and having to turn to the Lord and say, what, what would you have us do? And having him offer that granite as a foundation to start building on again. So that's a powerful image to me. Perhaps we were still building with sandstone when granite was already available. Yeah. And what other specific ways were we building with sandstone in the church? Um, Speaking of the church collectively and less, you know, maybe in your family, but Mm -hmm. what do you think we were doing with sandstone when we could have been using granite? And while you're thinking about that, I'll just throw out one example. He, you know, he's over um, the missionary work and of course, that has dramatically changed of necessity. And yet I hear from the local missionaries that, of course, Facebook, um, you know, finding and other electronic means are way more efficient than just knocking on doors, which was never a great way to find people. Um, so what what other ways do both of you think the church has changed and is, is now building with granite instead of sandstone? Well, I'm currently serving with the young women. And we know that the youth program has had a huge overhaul in the last couple of years mm-hmm. that has um, removed a lot of the checklist format that it used to be right. um, and has put in place a, a very foundational, everybody focus on being more like the savior. And then if you do activities or you do things like that, it's based around that. It's no longer based around the activities. Um, so I think that's the youth program being overhauled. And that, of course, started before, um, but has obvious prophetic wisdom to that change coming into the pandemic and what we've been able to continue to do with the youth, despite being so um, separated and apart and not able to meet for a while. Yeah, that's a fantastic example. And Aaliyah, did you have any examples that came to mind? Yeah, I think in the last few years, um, there's been a huge shift of the way we think about the gospel. And the whole home-centered church-supported thing has been really like hammered into our heads over and over. Like, um, And I think now that we're, you know, still forced to have church in our home, we have definitely been prepared for that because we've been starting that perspective shift of like, how, how is church home supported or home based and church supported and the sacrament being, you know, the focus of the Sabbath and um, the ministering changed. And, you know, that, that also used to be somewhat of a checklist kind of thing. And the way that we used to do, Wait, what was it even called? Home teaching? Wait, is that what it was called? <laughs> Visiting remember. teaching, home um, teaching, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The way that we used to do that wouldn't have really worked with, you know, the constraints of the pandemic, but ministering, since it's so open-ended and spirit-driven, there's a lot more that we can do with that. And so, I don't know, I think there's a lot of things that have happened to kind of prepare us for this. Yeah, that reminds me of the quote, um, right under the heading, we are seeds that Elder Uchtdorf gave where he said, but if there's one thing I do know, 
it is that this virus did not catch Heavenly Father by surprise. So, of Mm -hmm. course, it may have caught a lot of us by surprise, but it certainly didn't catch him by surprise. And you, you both just gave amazing examples of how we were prepared. And actually, going back to the missionary example, uh, President Nelson, before he was prophet, when he was in the Quorum of the Twelve, one of his responsibilities was missionary work. And he's the one who advanced the missionaries sort of into the digital age and really pushed for them to have tablets and phones and really press forward with the digital, you know, the digital side of missionary work. Because, of course, even a few years ago, you can remember that missionaries, you know, a lot of the rules were very restrictive on the digital side to help keep them focused and um, avoid distractions. And now, of course, if the pandemic had hit and those things had not been in place, it would have been just an epic disaster for missionary work the world over. We would have missionaries just sitting in their rooms doing nothing, um, you know, maybe just making phone calls all day long. So that was also very prophetic um, and, and pretty amazing that it that it happened that way. So the Lord definitely prepared us, knew this was coming. And I don't think President Nelson, by the way he's spoken, knew that a pandemic was coming per se, but everything he did in the past three, four years has prepared us for the pandemic um, and for other things that we don't even know about uh, going forward. So um, Aliyah, do you have another quote from here that really stuck out to you? Yeah. um, There's one part of the talk where he says, it is my witness that though at times we may feel buried by the trials of life or surrounded by emotional darkness, the love of God and the blessings of the restored gospel of Jesus Christ will bring something unimaginable to spring forth. So this, I think he even mentions this earlier in the talk, but this reminds me of um, Joseph Smith and the early saints. And like when he was in, I think it was Liberty jail when he said like, where art thou? And, and he was, he was wondering like, where, where was the Lord in all of this? Like he'd been through so much. The saints were really suffering. They had been kicked out of, I think it was Missouri um, at that point. And you know, that that's a time where they probably felt buried by trials or surrounded by emotional darkness. But what happened afterwards and during that time was that the gospel was restored, like something unimaginable happened from those trials. And the saints were able to persevere and continue. The Book of Mormon was translated and everyone read it and missionaries were, you know, moved all over the world and started teaching people. and. Now, what we have today is a result of those trials. So I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. And there's a picture of Joseph Smith in Liberty Jail that comes, you know, in in the talk here. Um, And then he talks a little bit more about Liberty Jail there. Um, Yeah, I I love that. You know, the whole church is unimaginable if you think about a 14-year-old farm boy in upstate New York. Um, Just going back to the beginning. Uh, Rivka, what else stuck out to you here with this talk? One of the things that I really appreciated was actually from the footnotes. And I love diving into the footnotes of these talks. Sometimes there's really great stuff in them. Um, And one of the, it's footnote number three, uh, gives the lyrics to the hymn, How From a Foundation. And we usually sing verses one and two, and sometimes the last one, seven, one, two, three, seven, when we sing them. But there were a couple of verses here in the middle that, We don't usually sing. I don't usually sing them. And I was really struck by a couple of ideas in them. So I was really glad that President Uthorff included the 
the lyrics to the song in his footnotes. Um, the verse, when through the deep waters I call thee to go, the rivers of sorrow shall not be overflow, for I will be with thee, thy troubles to bless and sanctify to thee thy deepest distress. And as I read through that, I realized that um, just reading through it, I read in there, thy, in thy troubles to bless and sanctify. When it's written out like that, it's a phrase that's from the sacramental prayer. And that that was profound to me um, because this is not, I don't think that the, the person who wrote this poem meant it as a clip from the sacrament prayer, but it, it appeared that way to me suddenly. And it's not in reference to the, um, to repentance. This one is talking about thy troubles to bless and sanctify thee to, to the thy deepest distress. And it had never before occurred to me, maybe it's just me, I don't know, but in 40 years, it had never occurred to me to approach the altar of the sacraments with my troubles and my distress. I've always thought about approaching it with, with a repentant heart as, a, as you should. That's obviously, you know, the reason we have that. But it was profound to me, this idea that I could I can approach the altar of the sacrament seeking strength and succor in my troubles and my distress and my grief and my loss. I don't know why I never put that together before, but reading through it the way that it's written out, that just struck me that in the middle of that verse, it says to bless and sanctify. And it's talking about, it's talking about crisis and trial. Um, and then the next verse says, when through fiery trials, thy pathway shall lie. My grace all sufficient shall be thy supply. The flame shall not hurt thee. I only design thy dross to consume and thy gold to refine. And I spent some time this week pondering the fact that mortality is made up of moments of dross and moments of gold and that we as individuals are also made up with, with dross and with gold and that the work that the Lord is doing with us as individuals and, you know, on a global level is, is a refining work. And I'm grateful for his willingness to allow us to struggle so we can grow. Yeah, that is amazing. What a, what a great insight, Rivka. I think, I don't think that I have ever approached the sacrament that way either, but of course we're promised the companionship of the spirit as part of the sacrament and the spirit is the comforter and, um, yeah, it, it never occurred to me to approach it that way. It's always in a frame of mind that is coming from a place of repentance and trying to be better and keep my covenants and as um, it should. Yeah, right. You know, but... but thinking about our trials being, you know, blessing us and sanctifying us and sort of our trials becoming holy to us. I think back um, to some of the trials I had on my mission. And actually the place where I had the most trials or the most painful trials is my, one of my favorite places on earth. Um, it's called Madeira and, and maybe it's, I love it because it's beautiful number one, but also maybe that Island has sort of become sacred to me or was sanctified, you know, in my memory for the things that I went through there and the closeness I felt from the Lord as I went through that trial. So that's really an amazing insight. So I appreciate you you sharing that uh, with us. Um, <clears throat> that reminds me of here where he talked about us being seeds and that sometimes the seed needs to be buried to sprout. Mm 
And of course, many seeds need to be buried. Um, you know, and, and if for us to reach our potential, he's saying, you know, we, we have to be buried. And when we're covered up in that uh, dirt, you know, and it feels like the world is sitting on top of us, the earth is literally sitting on top of us, um, then, and everything is dark, then of course, that's when something unimaginable is about to happen. Mm -hmm. um, it's just so hard in the moment sometimes to see ahead. But of course, he doesn't, the Lord doesn't often show us the end, you know, he, he just shows us the next step. And so we just have to have faith that he's going to lead us out of that darkness. So um, any other thoughts from either of you before we finish this one up? Um, I will just add to what you just said about not being able to see, you know, what the Lord has in store. Uh, kind of like you said at the beginning, like we can't, it's, it's unimaginable, right? And unimaginable, <laughs> you can't imagine it. So we don't know what the Lord has in store for us. Um, and, but I, like, we can bet that it will be something better than we could ever consider. Um, <laughs> there's a scene in the movie, The Incredibles, <laughs> where um, the dad comes home and there's this kid sitting on a, I think it's a tricycle in his driveway. And he's like, what are you waiting for or something? And the kid goes, I don't know, something amazing, I guess. <laughs> and later in the movie, um, after the big like showdown with the bad guy, the kid is just sitting there watching all this go down. And he's like, that was totally wicked. How like do you think that little kid could have ever considered what he saw later that day? Like probably not <laughs> like that. That event was so unimaginable and so much like greater than that little kid could have ever considered. And I think in a lot of ways, we are the little kid waiting for something amazing, but it's going to, you know, knock all of our expectations out of the park and, it, you know, the Lord is going to blow us all away with what he has in store. Yeah. The parable of the Incredibles kid. I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think as I think back on my life, um, even the things that I knew that I wanted or that I that were goals were unimaginable in what they've become in my life. So I think of my, my marriage, I think of having kids. And of course I knew I wanted those things but they have brought me joy and given me purpose in a way that I couldn't have understood before it happened. Um, and some, you know, you often hear people say to ex new expecting parents, like, well, there's nothing you can actually do to be ready until you're there. Cause you, you just can't know what it's like till you experience it. And that can be negative sometimes, you know, all the sleepless nights and, you know, dirty diapers and all those other things you think of, but it's also positive in the sense that I think back on the amount of joy and fulfillment and purpose I've, I've had from marriage and kids and things that, you know, I, I was actively seeking. Um, and those, that, that was unimaginable at the time. I could not have conceived as to what it would be like. So even as something as fundamental as that, um, you know, has become unimaginable. And I can, I can't, you know, it's like, you know, after this life, um, what awaits us, you know, who knows all the details we can't possibly know because it's unimaginable. We know that it's desirable. We know some of the basics. We know the family structure and, and being with, um, you know, people we love. But I think that the ultimate, you know, goal is truly unimaginable to our, our, human minds, our earthly minds at this time. So 
Um, anything else, Rivka, before we finish up? Toward the end of the talk, he says, the day will come when we will look back and know that during this time of adversity, God was helping us to find better ways, his ways to build his kingdom on a firm foundation. And I think that's always the way with trials. Um, if we if we trust the Lord to be with us through them, there always comes a time afterward where we can look back and see the great blessings that have come from it. And then I love that he ends this talk with a promise. And we're supposed to be looking for promises, right? And that he says, yeah. I promise that the Lord will cause unimaginable things to come from your righteous labors. I love that. Yay! Because <laughs> righteous labors are hard sometimes. And so it's nice to have that apostolic promise given that there will be unimaginable blessings that come from, from our righteous laboring. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I'm going to read the rest of that paragraph um, as he leaves us with an invitation before the promise. And he says, as an apostle of the Lord, I invite and bless you to cheerfully do all things that lie in your power. And then may you stand still with the utmost assurance to see the salvation of God and for his arm to be revealed. And I promise that the Lord will cause unimaginable things to come from your righteous labors. So I think we can close today with our challenge to um, heed the invitation here of Elder Uchtdorf. And then I would also add to look back on your life and think about the things that have been unimaginable to you that the Lord has done in your life and how they've impacted you um, to this point. And, and that hopefully will bring you faith and hope that the future holds many more unimaginable things. Um, so, Aaliyah, before we finish up, uh, can you tell people how to get a hold of us? Yeah, so we're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and our username is Words of the Prophets Podcast. We also have an email, which is Words of the Prophets Podcast at gmail.com. So, feel free to reach us uh, at any of those places and, you know, suggest talks or share insights or whatever you want to do. Yeah. yeah, or if you want to come on the podcast and discuss a talk that was personally meaningful to you, we'd love to have you as well. So mm -hmm. um, our next talk will be by Union of Feeling, We Obtain Power with God by Sister Eubank. So we're really looking forward to talking about that one. And uh, we hope to see you next time. And until then, keep the faith.